Welcome to listeners. This time is the Slump Buster Fantasy Football Podcast. On today's episode, Drew and I go through the top 12 quarterbacks, top 12 running backs, and top 12 wide receivers on the year. And we even have a great discussion on kickers. But before you enjoy that, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partners. Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better, be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their Nitro Cold Brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their Mammoth Blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their Hibiscus Teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code SLUMP, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products cavemancoffeeco.com promo code slump guys don't be a chump use promo code slump and get yourself a case today all right y'all it's time for the episode juju talks horse drew hagabal let's get it let's bust the slump and let's enjoy drew how was your fantasy week man it was a average week, you know. I had some wins, had some losses. It was about a split week for me. I saw in the Caster League, we finally jumped you, finally jumped you in the standings, at least Eris and I. I know technically yeah. now we have like two slump buster teams here, and then we also have a dead team. No thanks yeah. to face off hockey. Love you guys, but come on, what you doing? We have uh, this bye week now in our league. I mean, they left us after the draft because they auto drafted the team, and then they're like, oh yeah, we're not in. And it was like almost the first week of the season. They're like, oh well, I guess that's not happening anymore. <laughs> Could you at least have humored us? You know, like I don't need you to be actively like on the way wire week in week out but just you know set a lineup you know do something yeah it would have been good enough i mean you guys still exist i'm too busy come on okay that's actually a pet peeve of mine i'm too busy to compete in fantasy football it takes five seconds of your time let's be honest the majority of americans probably set their lineup while sitting on a toilet seat oh 100 it's like the old school reading a can of spray while you're in there now it's just setting your lineup that's kind of like what americans replace especially during football season whenever you're in the can yeah i do it at work well that is also an excuse to also take a break here and there so you know exactly take a break set your lineup good to go back into customer service hell there so i understand that struggle my friend A good week. You know, I tell you, man, again, I bring you back to this. I was bragging on that Patrick Mahomes trade hard in these last three weeks, man. Oh, my God. Like, we talked about it with McConnell last week about being a little worried on Mahomes. I tell you, he is not the same Patrick Mahomes this year. It's just underperforming week in, week out. I shouldn't have 10 points from Patrick Mahomes in a week. When I made that trade, I'm thinking minimum 20. Worst weeks for Patrick Mahomes, 20 points. I can live with it if he has that occasional pop week of that 50, which I think is still possible for him. I think that's still in the canister somewhere, but he is not a top five quarterback at the moment. No, and it's kind of weird to see that. Like, it it doesn't feel right, but it also feels good. Well, it feels good for you as you're competing for this wild card spots. Let's talk about there. Addition by subtraction. OBJ, not in the lineup. Okay, you guys just house the Bengals for suddenly in free fall. Did that truly just make the Browns better? I know you released a video where you kind of played it both sides. You're like, oh, you know, OBJ is a good player. Baker's a good player. But let's be honest here. Now you're like, okay, yeah, OBJ sucks. So he sucked for the Browns. Let's be real about it. He's a great individual player. Don't get me wrong. 
And I, and I will always say that he's a good individual player. But as I said in my video, he hurts himself by just running his own routes. Because you look at highlight tapes, Baker double pumps, and he's looking for OBJ, but he has to double pump because OBJ is not where he's supposed to be. And now here, you know, Baker ends up getting sacked, has to throw the ball away, has to scramble. And, and that leads to problems for Cleveland. And then next you know, the week without him, they go off for 41 points. Baker has a 215-yard passing day off of only 20 passes. You know, this always kind of makes me think about the battle for Cleveland. You know, uh, Eris, our like colleague here, always yeah. used to say the battle for Cleveland whenever Cleveland and Cincinnati would go against each other. And it's like, dude, Ohio's a state. <laughs> it has like yeah. one of the highest delegate counts in Congress. Yeah, I was say, like, don't, don't disrespect us too much like that. <laughs> you know, before we really get into it, I should say too, how are you feeling about your Buckeyes finally jumping into the top four? I feel good. CJ Stroud finally finding a stride after the first couple of weeks, he was kind of off and on. You mean finally but, finding his Stroud? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, finally finding his Stroud. But no, the team looks good. The defense finally starting to get things together. They actually look like a real defense, you know, in college football. So I think four is a good spot for us. We're in the right range, honestly. I, I don't think we're better than the rest of the top three at this point right now. So honest projection, what are you putting that betting line at when you guys face Georgia in that first round? What's that spread, you think? I got Georgia by 20, honestly. Yeah, I, I think Vegas is going to agree with you. I think they're going to have that one about 20-some, too. You know, you guys still have the big game, too, against Michigan, which obviously recent history, we all know Harbaugh's record against Ohio State. Yeah. But this year in the Big Ten, I mean, hell, Purdue's over there taking names this year, knocking out Michigan. <laughs> you guys got the Purdue game. Let's, yeah, let's, we got Purdue know, this week. kind of like relax here. Just know the way this thing goes. You know, Ohio State fans react has your name on it if they drop that one to Purdue. That's another 15K video. That's video another 15K right there. there. Yeah, exactly. Just people, <laughs> what Kyle said is so true when we were talking behind the scenes here. You have to almost monetize your tears. We're both capitalists here. Monetizing tears yeah. is practically what we do because, yeah, as a Longhorns fan, on this four-game losing streak they're on, yeah, I've definitely had a lot of tears to deal with. Sark, I am questioning if he makes it to 2022. It is not looking <laughs> good here. I'll throw this out there. If you guys struggle, we should throw some Ryan Day money. Then again, he won't leave Ohio State. He, if he goes, he's going for the pros. Not Texas. Yeah, if he goes, it's to the pros. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. So, obviously, last week we had a guest, so we didn't want to bog down the show too much. Uh, so, we didn't do look back at standings or the points throughout the entire season. So, I'll give a brief rundown of your top 12 quarterbacks in week 10, and then we'll look at the top 12 quarterbacks throughout the 2021 season. So starting first, your number one quarterback on the week was Justin Herbert, 356 yards, two touchdowns, also had a rushing score against Philadelphia. Lamar Jackson was the quarterback two on the week just behind him. 266 yards, three touchdowns, had a couple picks, but what you love about Lamar Jackson, 120 rushing yards on Minnesota in an overtime thriller. Feel bad for Minnesota at this point. Matt Ryan, in a week without Calvin Ridley as they move forward with life beyond Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan was a top three quarterback this week against a tough Saints defense. 343 yards, two touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown too. So Matty Ice showing off the wheels. Josh Johnson, two straight weeks, a New York Jets quarterback has finished inside the top five. And two straight weeks, that Jets quarterback is not named Zach Wilson. So if you are Robert Sola, you're starting to worry a little bit. Wouldn't blame them if they had a little bit of doubt in their mind. But Josh Johnson, 317 yards, three touchdowns. The Jets this coming week will be facing... 
the Buffalo Bills. So I don't feel that confident in them running it back, but keep an eye on this because there's been a lot of yards and a lot of points scored in the Jets backfield. Number five, Carson Wentz. Again, like I mentioned, the guy's getting hot. Give some respect to my guy, Drew. Carson Wentz, 272 yards, three touchdowns. Right behind him, Teddy Bridgewater, 249 yards and a touchdown in a shocking route of the Dallas Cowboys. Feel for C money there, speaking of monetizing your tears. Also had a rushing touchdown there too. So Teddy Bridgewater, a well-rounded day as the Broncos just ran over the Cowboys. Kirk Cousins, 187 yards, two touchdowns, a rushing score. A lot of non-mobile guys with rushing scores this week. It's kind of one of those funny anomalies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, again, top eight finish for him, 326 yards, two touchdowns. Had a solid day against Arizona. The one pick came in comeback mode. I do not relish to talk about the 49ers in the last few weeks. Dak Prescott at number nine, 232 yards and two touchdowns, one interception thrown. So still finishes a top 10 quarterback despite the rough numbers, mostly a backdoor cover to save your fantasy day there. Justin Fields, one of his best days of the season, 291 yards and a touchdown. Justin Fields is starting to look better the last few weeks. He might mm-hmm. have that low end streamer appeal Moving forward, Baker Mayfield at 11, 218 yards, two touchdowns without Odell on the field. Another note there. And Jalen Hurts rounding out the top 12 as he had 162 yards and a touchdown. So Jalen Hurts back into the top 12. So if you're still coming around trade deadline season, this may be the time. Just saying, Gardner Minshew rumors starting to buzz around there. Keep an eye on that situation. Now that we went through the top 12 quarterbacks of week nine, let's go into the top 12 quarterbacks of the year. And what says about these guys? Tom Brady is your quarterback number one. Behind him, Jalen Hurts. Sal Jalen Hurts, quarterback two. Matthew Stafford as quarterback three, despite his boneheaded interceptions this past Sunday night. Uh, Lamar Jackson is your quarterback four. No surprise there. A lot of rushing yards, a lot of production on the year. Josh Allen at quarterback five. Been a little bit more inconsistent than one would have liked for Josh Allen. That's something that should be noted. But speaking of inconsistent, I mentioned it earlier. Patrick Mahomes at six. So the early part of the season is keeping him in the top 10, keeping him in the top 12. But the last few weeks, he's been somewhere between quarterback 10 and 20, which is not what exactly you pictured when you drafted or traded for Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert's your quarterback seven. Kyler Murray, your quarterback eight. Obviously, Kyler Murray missed a game there, so that hurts his numbers a little bit. Hopefully, he doesn't miss a second game. Joe Burrow, quarterback nine. Carson Wentz, quarterback 10. Kirk Cousins is quarterback 11. And then working his way back into the top 12, Aaron Rodgers, despite missing a week. So that's even more impressive for Aaron Rodgers that he was able to get his numbers back into that range. We'll see if he has to miss a second week as he won't be able to return till Saturday this week, I believe. So can he go against the Seahawks? Now, a storyline... I'm going to throw out there to you, speaking of the Seahawks, Russell Wilson expected to come back this week. Russell Wilson against the Packers, Drew. Where do you rank him? I would probably rank him just outside of the 12, probably in around the 17 to 20 in the 20s. That's a just rough for, range there. I mean, he just messed well, up his finger. Well, fair. But also, too, the Packers defense has been playing pretty well. The Packers are a very well-rounded team, and they're one of those tough teams that are tough to beat unless Jordan Love's on the field. And we, we saw that the other day. And even with Jordan Love, they almost made that comeback win. So it's always tough for quarterbacks, even with small minor injuries. It's always tough for players to come back and just have a monster game for their first game back. And I kind of just see that happening. Like, I don't trust his – I don't doubt his ability. He's a great quarterback and also the rumors of maybe a potential OBJ to either one of those teams you know 
that could really affect a lot there too. So, and who knows, maybe during the week we'll get that update of, oh, OBJ goes to Seattle or OBJ goes to Green Bay and he adds Green Bay as his top priority. So Aaron Rodgers does come back this week and he does get the news that OBJ is going to Green Bay. That's another big option for him. That would be huge for Aaron Rodgers there. I'll push back on you a little bit. I think Russell Wilson instantly jumps back in the top 10. I think he has enough weapons around him. And I think that in order to kind of compete against Green Bay, you're going to have to be able to throw the ball. And I think that that is where Russell Wilson's going to shine. I'm going to say Russell Wilson's back in the top 10 quarterback range. Kyler Murray at eight, like I mentioned, dealing with that ankle injury now. So we'll see if Kyler Murray is able to return. He was a game time decision against the 49ers. He has this week, Carolina Panthers, which absolutely a great opportunity to start Kyler Murray out the gate there. I would say if Kyler Murray is back, would you be comfortable putting him back in your top five with the possibility of him being a little bit limited with the ankle injury? I would just for the fact that he's been having a pretty solid season, a pretty good season, obviously, a top 10 quarterback in fantasy so far throughout the year. Um, easy matchup against Carolina. I mean, Carolina started off the season very, very high, and then they just obviously had that monster downfall. So I could definitely see Kyle Murray just easily jumping back into the top five, top 10. Like I said, man, you got to start giving some flowers to Carson Wentz here. Currently, the quarterback 10 on the year, finished as the quarterback five on the week. And this week, I know that they did a number on Josh Allen, Josh Allen on Josh Allen crime this week, but against the Jaguars, Carson Wentz has on the schedule. Carson Wentz, are you willing to say this? Go out on a limb here. Top five quarterback against the Jaguars? I would take it, yeah. yeah. I would definitely take that. Okay, I'm going to look at those rankings, and if I see Carson Wentz outside the top five, you know I'm going to have some questions, Drew. <laughs> I'm going to put him at 36 here. on purpose. You got you to <laughs> put, put the balls <laughs> on the table here. Carson Wentz top five against the Jaguars. I don't think that's going out on the limb there. <laughs> That's not going out on the list. <laughs> That's for sure. Now, uh, let's see. So Baker, I mentioned, he's finished back in the top 12 this week. With Baker going against the Patriots, though, is he an absolute no start either way? I definitely would say that. If you're in a super flex league and he's an option to put at a super flex spot, if you have no one else, obviously, to put there, then obviously you'd start him in that super flex spot. But if it's just a one QB league, then obviously there's better options out there to start over Baker Mayfield. Uh, And that's not to say anything bad about my quarterback or anything. It's just, he's not a fantasy winning quarterback. He's just more of a real life winning quarterback, not a fantasy winning quarterback. I'll throw another potential top five quarterback out there to you this week. Dak Prescott, top three quarterback against the Falcons. I could say so. I, I'm not afraid to throw Dak in the top three, just for the fact that Dak is a very good fantasy quarterback. And obviously one bad week against Denver is not going to, you know, hurt him. It, it's just a bad week. Everybody has those, especially guys like Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Those guys definitely have bad weeks. So I, I think he's out for a, a big game. Okay, okay. Let's see here. So we're at a point in the season where I feel as though the top 12 is pretty set. So I'm not going to challenge you and say, like, which name do you think is going to really jump out of the top 12? We've harped on it the last couple weeks when it comes to Jalen Hurts that this is potentially your best opportunity to sell on him because if anything tends to spiral in the Eagles season then Jalen Hurts could legitimately see the bench 
And that is obviously, you, hey, he can't help anyone if he's on the bench. You're not scoring any fantasy points from the bench. So this is where like I, I would just trade for someone that's a little bit more secure. It's kind of funny you say about I threw that name out there to you, but if someone is still not paying attention to what Carson Wentz is doing, Jalen Hurts for Carson Wentz trade, Philadelphia Eagles fans, cover your ears as that trade's about to go down. Let's mention the quarterbacks on bye week here. On bye, you have the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. Like I said, the arrow is pointing up he faces the Ravens when he comes back in week 11 you have the Cincinnati Bengals so you do have to replace a top 10 quarterback in Joe Burrow the Giants so Daniel Jones wasn't really a guy that was getting put in a lot of lineups and certainly if you were starting Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor I just feel bad for you at this point and question (laughs) your decisions in life but out of potential matchups here in week 10 like I said if Carson's still out there goes against the Jaguars if you have an opportunity start Big Ben against the Lions I kind of like that one a little bit there I think that that's an opportunity to capitalize on some points yeah can I say PJ Walker against the Cardinals for only the fact that PJ Walker I believe can run around and score some points with his legs potentially Teddy Bridgewater against the Eagles that's definitely one that piques the interest I like that one. You might have to throw out Jordan Love against the Seahawks. I wouldn't love that one. If Derek Carr is still available, him against the Chiefs, that would be my top one if Derek Carr is available in your league. Derek Carr against the Chiefs there. Behind Derek Carr, since we both agree on that one, which of those streamers appeals the most to you? You also have two against the Ravens. And even though the Ravens sound like a big and scary matchup because of what we think about the Ravens, they have allowed multiple 400 passing yard performances this year. They do give a lot up to the quarterback. So honestly, I have to go with your boy, Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah. the Jags, it's it's just such it's a Jags. It's juicy matchup. matchup. Yeah, I, I feel that kind of hard when you look at the pantheon of these matchups here. Like, where do they rank? I, I think that that's a premier one. Like I said, Big Ben, if you're really looking for someone that's just absolutely widely owned, Big Ben against the Lions, I'm sure is going to be out there. And I'd be willing to take my chance on anyone versus the Lions, even coming off bye week there. So that is the wrap up of the quarterback position there. Let's get into your top 12 running backs of the week and starting off with one that hurt to see James Conner looking like the second coming of Derrick Henry out there was a rough watch for every single Niners fan. 21 attempts, 96 yards, was averaging 4.6 yards per carry, two touchdowns, five receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. One of those was a 45-yard screen that he took to the house. His backup even, Ito Benjamin, was able to just truck a guy. They were just making the Niners defense just look bad. So, Not that I think anyone was too concerned about this version of the Niners defense, the 2021 Niners defense, but if you have a running back, don't fret, don't have any fear. You can start them against the Niners and they'll have a good day. Trust me. Jonathan Taylor, running back two. Huge day for Jonathan Taylor. I I guess James Conner's performance kind of is funny to think about because I was bragging to you earlier in the week that, hey, your rankings putting Jonathan Taylor at one made a lot of sense. Who's going to knock him off of the one spot? Well, James Conner did. But Jonathan Taylor had a great performance against the Jets, too. 19 attempts, 172 yards, two touchdowns, had two receptions for 28 yards. Jonathan Taylor really worked over the Jets. Obviously, he gets to benefit from that matchup against the Jaguars, too. So I imagine he'll probably be your running back one in your rankings again. Nick Chubb, 137 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for 26 yards. Nick Chubb seems to be a beneficiary out the gate in this new age offense for the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb back to running hard. Did have a little bit of a tweak or something, but that's pretty much the story of the Cleveland Browns season this year. Uh, Joe Mixon, 
64 yards, two touchdowns, five receptions, 46 yards. Joe Mixon gained healthier as the season progresses. So we had two running backs in the same matchup between Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon that were both top four running backs. Naeem Hines. Now, this just tells you again how bad the Jets are because two Colts running backs in your top five. Naeem Hines, six attempts for 74 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So even running well between the tackles, four receptions <laughs> for 34 yards. Again, Indianapolis just absolutely dominated the Jets on Thursday night. Alvin Kamara, 50 yards, a touchdown, four receptions, 54 yards against the Atlanta Falcons defense. Good day for Alvin Kamara, about what you'd expect. Again, similar things. Two running backs in the same matchup. Cordell Patterson is not moving outside the top 10. He's just a thing this year. Nine attempts, 10 yards. So 1.1 yards per carry there so you don't love his rushing numbers but six receptions for 126 yards the fact that the Atlanta Falcons use him in so many different creative ways is just making him an automatic start you don't even have to think about it whether you're starting at wide receiver running back or flex Cordell Patterson gets it done Melvin Gordon the third 21 attempts 80 yards and a touchdown two receptions for 15 yards Melvin Gordon the Broncos ran really really well on the Dallas Cowboys and it showed to the tune of that 30 to 0 score at one point Devontae Freeman leading the Baltimore Ravens backfield 79 yards two receptions four yards and a touchdown Najee Harris at 10 Monday Night Football 62 yards a touchdown three receptions for 16 yards Najee continues to be a running back one I imagine with the bye week, we're going to see Saquon Barkley coming off in week 11 to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But in the top 11 this week, Devontae Booker, 99 yards, three receptions, 23 yards. I wonder how much work Devontae Booker is going to get when Saquon comes back. Yes, we think of Saquon as a three down running back, but Devontae has played well in his absence. And I think the Giants are going to really think about how can we keep Saquon healthy and on the field. So I imagine we might see a little bit more of a time split when Saquon comes back for the sake of it's a lost season and we want to keep Saquon healthy. We'll see how that progresses when he returns. (laughs) Dalvin Cook, running back 12, 17 attempts, 110 yards, no touchdown, three receptions, for 12 yards did Dalvin Cook you know finishes as a running back one this week now let's go into what has been accomplished throughout the year let's talk your running back one for the season this one still hurts Derrick Henry even with an extra week of football played and a week in which Derrick Henry missed he remains the running back one for obvious reasons he will fall outside the top 12 this year Jonathan Taylor 821 yards he will probably finish as the running back one at this pace sans injury Joe Mixon behind him Austin Eckler at four Alvin Kamara at five Najee Harris at six Cordero Patterson at seven Aaron Jones eight James Conner at nine Ezekiel Elliott 10, Dell Henderson, 11, and DeAndre Swift as your running back 12 on the year. Of course, your bi-week running backs that you're going to be missing out on this week. Uh, David Montgomery, who's coming back from injury soon. He is not going to be playing for you this week. Khalil Herbert. He is not going to be in your lineup. You're not going to see any Joe Mixon. Speaking of Joe Mixon, you're not going to see any of them. Saquon Barkley or Devontae Booker, neither one of them will be in your lineup. And similar to what I said about quarterbacks, Houston Texans running backs aren't much better. Phil Lindsay, David Johnson, or Rex Burkhead, if you're desperate, they're not going to be in your lineup. So let's look at this top 12 here. Outside of the obvious one, Derrick Henry, which of these guys would you be most concerned about falling outside of the top 12 for the year? 
I would probably say DeAndre Swift, just for matchup-based purposes, obviously, uh, going against the Steelers. He got that Steelers defense, who playing very well these last couple of weeks, stopping the run kind of better than they were at the beginning of the year. Obviously, really didn't stop Justin Fields all too much yesterday, but uh, I, I just have to say DeAndre Swift. I mean, I feel like he's just one of those guys who's been kind of back and forth, in and out. I, I think this is going to be another one of those cases where he's just back out of the top 12 because of matchup purposes. Okay, I'm going to read off the next five running backs down and tell me which of these guys is most likely to jump in the top 12 for the year if you're saying that a guy like DeAndre Swift could fall out. 13, Nick Chubb. 14, Malvin Gordon. 15, Leonard Fournette. 16, Damian Williams. And 17, James Robinson. I don't want this to come off as obviously as like a biased type of thing, but I would hey, say Hey, speak Nick your Chubb. truth, man. I mean, it's got to be Nick Chubb. A game where he just comes back and he goes off for over 100 yards rushing. I mean, that's nothing new for him. That's just a type of caliber player he is. I mean, this guy for the last two years, almost three years, has been averaging almost six yards per carry, which is one of the best in the NFL, right next to Derrick Henry, who obviously broke his foot, and now he's out for the year. But him and Derrick Henry are those kind of power backs that go off for seven yards a carry a game, and you're just like, who's stopping these guys? It could be any defense in the world, and you're not going to stop either one of them. And, you know, Nick Chubb, I having a 70 yard run for a touchdown the other uh, the other day i mean the only downside to it is this week uh i don't know if anyone saw the news of him being tested positive for covid today with Demetric felton so obviously he's got to test negative twice before the end of the week if he's going to play on sunday but uh, um, mm-hmm. he's been vaccinated so i'm sure he can probably get those negative tests um it's a little concerning from the browns perspective obviously but again dearness johnson's been playing well this season so it really isn't an over concern because if Dearness johnson could just do what he did against denver you know it wouldn't be much of an issue but if anybody i i like nick chubb back in the top 12 well let's play that game here if Nick Chubb is in versus if Nick Chubb is out Dearness Johnson if Nick Chubb is out where does he fall in the rankings remember they're going on the road to New England what is Bill Belichick's favorite motto stop what you do best everyone knows in the league that the thing that the Browns do best is run the football I wouldn't have them overly high. I mean, it depends on the news throughout the week because obviously my rankings will come out tomorrow. So I'm playing it as if Nick Chubb is on COVID right now. I'll put Dearness Johnson where I would say probably at least in the 25 range. Just because obviously, like you said, Bill Belichick is the guy that targets the what you do best. He's going to target Dearness Johnson as much as he can. And obviously we have John Kelly who can get called up from the practice squad that can back him up. But I, I would have him in the 25 range. Obviously, like I said, I'm playing it off as if Nick Chubb is on the COVID list for the week. Obviously, things are probably can change within the week. So look out for the notes and the comments if that changes at any time soon. But I would probably have him at least towards the top 25. Let's talk about James Conner. So Chase Edmonds played one snap in the Niners game before leaving with a high ankle injury. He is expected to miss multiple weeks. James Conner now is going to be the workhorse there with Ito Benjamin backing him up in the Cardinals backfield. Going against the Panthers this week, how high is James Conner going to be ranked? I would say within the top 15. I can see him going a top 12 running back again, but I'm going to stay top 15 just to be on the safer side. Just for the fact that like he could easily fall out and just be like oh he's the third he just fell off at 13 or something you know you have that slight fall off but you know James Conner has been playing very well this year and I I give that to him I mean I leaving the Steelers and going to Arizona he's been very very good so I wouldn't doubt he could be a top 15 running back this week all right I want you to rate your level of concern with this guy here 
Austin Eckler. So I mentioned he's a top four running back on the year. However, yeah. in week six, he put up 5.5 fantasy points. In week nine, he put up 8.2 fantasy points. This week, they go against the Minnesota Vikings. Mike Zimmer, he's also one of those old school defensive coordinators that tries to take away your best assets. We've seen the Chargers kind of sputter in recent weeks. Austin Eckler, is he still running back one for the remainder of the year? I would say so. Like I said, it's just one of those things where, yeah, he could have a couple bad games here and there, but that, I don't think that blanks him from being a running back one. Now, I'm not saying he's a high-end running back one. He could be, obviously, a low-end running back one, but nonetheless, it's still running back one. But again, it's just, there's those couple bad weeks, and he has those. Everybody has those. He's one of the best pass-catching backs in the league. He's also very effective on the ground, and, you know, one bad week, I don't think it's going to kill him too much. Okay, so the last time we saw Leonard Fournette on the field, you had him ranked as your running back 17 coming off bye week and we saw Leonard Fournette in the last few times he's played be consistently a running back one Leonard Fournette where does he fall in the rankings this week I would throw him in as a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 range. So we're talking somewhere between 8 and 12? Somewhere around there. What about Daryl Henderson this week going against the Niners? Obviously, I mentioned the Niners' struggles and run <laughs> defense here in recent weeks. Where do you have Daryl Henderson projected? I, I have him in the top 12, especially with the recent performances from the Niners defense, allowing a lot of rushing yards to the run game. Definitely could see Daryl Henderson having a solid game. Now, I mentioned that maybe Jonathan Taylor was easy running back one against the Jaguars, but I didn't think about the fact that Delvin Cook will be going against the Los Angeles Chargers defense, which aside from the Eagles game, I know the stat was they were allowing 160 rushing yards per game. They were the worst ranked run defense in the league. And against the Eagles, they have more of a committee approach. So it was expected for that share to be split up, not really a lion share back to lead that backfield. Who do you have ranked higher, Jonathan Taylor against the Jags? Or do you have, like I said, Delvin Cook against the Chargers? I would still go with Jonathan Taylor. I just think overall he's just having a a hell of a lot better of a season than Dalvin is. Um, obviously, you mentioned he is, what, the RB2 behind Derrick Henry. So he's been playing very well. And even with Naeem Hines doing just as well as he did in this past game, I, I think having to split backfield doesn't really bother Jonathan Taylor whatsoever. And, and obviously, the news that came out with Dalvin Cook earlier today with his charges. So we don't know what kind of effect that's going to have. It wasn't him. That's the main thing I would say with those yeah. breaking news charges. If anyone's not in the know, so Dalvin Cook had some domestic violence charges revealed, but not from him. It was yeah. perpetrated against him along with extortion charges. So you're right, that could potentially affect a player's mental state. I'm just looking at this matchup, and I think even Eris would tell you the Chargers run defense is one of the juiciest matchups in football. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, Nick Chubb ran all over that defense, too. So I remember watching that game. You so and much. I could run on that defense, is my point. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think we'd be a pretty good backfield. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got more cardio. I got more of the strength here. So it's kind of like that uh, thunder and lightning type connection we got. Let's put that yeah. against the Chargers defense on Sundays. We'll see how that goes. Just uh <laughs> overweight Hispanic guy and a skinny white dude. I'm sure that will go extremely well. I would just say until I get popped by some free safety and I'm out for the year. <laughs> yeah, Derwin James just comes on a free blitz. In fact, you have to come in and pass protection. That should be fun. Yeah, that would be a great day. <laughs> okay, let's talk wide receivers. 
So again, we have another New York Jet that finished within the top 10 this week. Uh, Elijah Moore, in fact, finishes your wide receiver one on the week. Seven receptions, 84 yards, two touchdowns. It was another week in which Jamison Crowder was out. So that's another boost to Elijah Moore in the lineup. But the backup quarterbacks are looking for him because this is two really good weeks in a row for Elijah Moore, whether it be... Mike White or Josh Johnson, they seem to like the rookie, aside from the actual rookie quarterback, which is odd. Yeah. Usually you see that rookie-to-rookie connection, but not this year. Actually had two rookies in the top wide receiver two this week because behind him, Devontae Smith. Five receptions, 116 yards, touchdown, breakout performance for Devontae. Oh, God. This is this is the one I always struggle with here. Olamendide Zacchaeus, the wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, finished as your wide receiver three on the week. This was a bad wide receiver week. Three receptions 58 yards and two touchdowns so not a lot of target volume there but he ended up in the end zone twice that explains Alimity Zacchaeus's performance there Darnell Mooney Monday Night Football was your wide receiver for three receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown on the day. Darnell Mooney is far and away Justin Fields' favorite wide receiver in this lineup. I project him more as a wide receiver too. We'll get into where Drew has him moving forward with Justin Fields. Just dancing on the grave of Allen Robinson owners, Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields. Malik Turner, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, was your wide receiver five on the week. Five receptions, 33 yards, and two touchdowns. Tim Patrick was your wide receiver six on the week. Four receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Hey, this is actually a name that fantasy owners recognize. Keenan Allen is your wide receiver seven. He had 12 receptions for 104 yards, didn't land in the end zone. That was probably the make or break between him taking over the top of the list there. But Keenan Allen finishes wide receiver seven. Marquise Hollywood Brown continuing to be a wide receiver one. 12 targets, huge day. 12 targets in the Ravens offense. That's a great performance. Nine receptions, 116 yards for Hollywood Brown. Brandon Ayuk starting coming around this year. Wide receiver nine had six receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a key fumble. Still sore on that one, but... (laughs) Either way, just move on past it. Donovan Peoples-Jones, your wide receiver 10. Only had two receptions, but he made them count. 86 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, three receptions, 69 yards and a touchdown. Also had a rushing attempt for 11 yards. And Cooper Cup, despite not finishing as wide receiver one for the first time and forever, finishes your wide receiver 12. Had 11 receptions for 95 yards. Again, probably could have had his day improved by a touchdown, but had the target volume there that you expect from Cooper Cup. A weird list, that's for sure. So let's get into some more yeah. stall words here when we talk about the wide receiver ones throughout the year. We have Cooper Cooper Cup, like I mentioned, finishes wide receiver 12 in week nine, finishes wide receiver one in the 2021 season. Cooper Cup has a, a close to 200 fantasy points this year in half point scoring. Behind him, Tyree Kill has maintaining a solid baseline. I think the majority of these points come from his early season performances. He's surprisingly the wide receiver two on the year. Jamar Chase, wide receiver three. Good to see a rookie really just dazzling, continue to stay up there. Even in his bad games, he still is a good wide receiver to have in your lineup. Debo Samuel is a wide receiver four. One thing I'll be curious in with George Kittle back in the lineup and with Ayuk starting to come around, how that affects Debo moving forward. Marquise Brown, wide receiver five. Devontae Adams, wide receiver six. DK, wide receiver seven, gets Russell Wilson back this week. Mike Evans, wide receiver eight. Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver nine. Chris Godwin at 10. Robert Woods at 11. And Mike Williams at 12. I will say this. I'm actually surprised that Robert Woods is a top 12 wide receiver on the year. I am really surprised. I think what it is, is he's landed in the end zone enough to justify his value. But you look at a lot of performances throughout the year. He's not even getting five receptions. He's not even getting five targets. But 
I'll take it. If he's technically a wide receiver one on the year, I will take it because that's all I can ask from Robert Woods. Uh, actually, <laughs> is that the most shocking name on the list or did anyone else catch you behind? Let's look at this through preseason projections, Drew. Which of these names really gets you off guard here? For me, it's got to be Robert Woods, man. No, I mean, really? I didn't ex- Robert yeah, Woods, I, I mean, mean, more than Debo, more than Jamar Chase, more than Hollywood Brown. I usually say Jamar Chase just because he's a rookie, but... I'm talking you know, you preseason, keep... Drew. Okay, okay. Preseason, then yes, Jamar Chase. I would go. <laughs> okay, especially but... because Jamar Chase was saying in the preseason... Yeah. I'm having trouble catching this NFL ball. Yeah, the ball is too big. It doesn't have the white stripes. <laughs> was that a dink? Was that his way of kind of like psyching out defenders? Oh man, I'm just having such a hard time catching this ball. I don't know how I'm going to adjust to the pros. No, don't stop me, elite NFL cornerbacks. Oh no. And it goes off for like, what, 100 yards in this first game of this <laughs> Had a 200-yard performance. I, I think that that was Jamar Chase just really trying to fool everyone. I, I think that he's probably not going to get away with it later in the season because now yeah. the cat's out of the bag. Jamar Chase, we admit it. I was wrong. I said the Cincinnati Bengals should draft a Penny Sewell. I was wrong. You're amazing. You and Joe Burrow have just one of those mind meld Vulcan connections. I was there too with Penny Sewell, so I'm with you. <laughs> Now, I mean, you know, there's a lot of shocking names. I'm just shocked from seeing Robert Woods being there, given what I've seen throughout the season. If you told me in the yeah. preseason, would Debo Samuel be a wide receiver four on the year? Absolutely not. I, I didn't see that coming from this 49ers passing offense. That's the main thing. I didn't expect Debo Samuel to get the target volume. He still broke another Jerry Rice record this week. Now he has the most receiving yards through eight games in a 49er season. We're talking about a guy named Jerry Rice, the guy who has every single wide receiving record there is to have. And Debo Samuel is outpacing his record books. I'm so intrigued to see how this continues. I I guess I'll give my take on it. I have trouble seeing Debo Samuel finishing inside the top 12 for the rest of the season. Now he might still finish in the top 12, because of what he's done so early on in the season. He's obviously going to surpass 1,000 yards at some point this year. Still going to get some touchdowns. Still going to be involved in Niners offense. But I think we're going to see some more involvement from Ayuk, and we're going to see some more involvement from Kittle, both of which are going to take away from Debo Samuel's production. So if you're used to seeing Debo get 9 to 12 targets on a given week, adjust your expectations. That might drop between 5 and 8 targets a week, which can he still do damage with that amount of target share? Absolutely. He's one of the best wide receivers in terms of yards after catch. But if he's not getting the same amount of targets, just do simple math. In a PPR league, that's not going to add up to the same amount of production. If you're Ayuk and you were patient and you held out to him or you grabbed him off waivers in recent weeks because someone dropped him, you could probably look at Brandon Ayuk more as a wide receiver for... I would say wide receiver four range. He might be able to jump up to wide receiver three, that top 36 fringe. Of course, George Kittle never coming out of your lineup, but that's because of tight end and its utility in most lineups here. Debo Samuel, rest of season. So this is coming all the remaining eight games here for the 49ers. Where do you see him finishing and what range? I would have to agree with you. I really don't see him being obviously in the top 12 for very much longer. I should note, it's going to be hard to remove him from the top 12 on the year, just from what he's already yeah. done. I'm right. saying between weeks 10, 10 and 17, two. where does he range? 
I would say more as a mid-range wide receiver two type of player. Just for the fact that, like you said, Ayuk is going to get a lot of targets now that he's starting to pop off a little bit. George Kittle is going to eat up a ton of those targets because obviously George Kittle is probably the number one go-to player you you would go to in that offense. But I would still have him as a kind of like a mid-range wide receiver two because he is putting up great numbers and he will come in and out of that top 12 every once in a while for the rest of the season and I would say this and I know everyone on Niners Twitter is expecting Trey Lance to just come in use all his weapons get everyone involved and the offense is going to stay the same I am concerned if Trey Lance does get in this lineup what that could do to the wide receivers because yeah we've seen a lot of quarterbacks struggle in their rookie season this year and I think that Trey Lance isn't a particular exception in fact in the one start Trey Lance got we saw him run 18 times get 18 carries. So we talked about Debo taking a hit to his target share with the inclusion of IU and George Kittle into the lineup, or at least their involvement. Well, what is it going to do if there's less throws to go around, if there's less targets to go around? Then that absolutely does make more Debo Samuel more a back-end wide receiver too, more than a mid-range wide receiver too. Then that makes Brandon Ayuk a shot-in-the-dark wide receiver four play. Uh, it makes George Kittle even kind of waver as far as if he's only getting three targets a game, four targets a game, they keep him extra in pass protection because they know Trey Lance has a slow release. Then that changes a whole lot of moving parts in that offense. So that's one thing that as far as from a fantasy football standpoint, I think Trey Lance might be a detriment to some of these people pieces in the wide receiving core for the 49ers I think it's something to keep an eye on now let's talk again about this weird week we had at wide receiver though so when I mentioned Elijah Moore Zacchaeus I mentioned Mooney Malik Turner Tim Patrick Brandon Ayuk and Donovan Peoples-Jones which of those names surprises you the most I mean, it's got to be the second guy you've mentioned. I mean, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because that's almost in I mean, we, well, <laughs> with Calvin Ridley gone, we knew that some of the wide receivers had to step up. I thought right. it would be Russell Gage. That's who I bet Me on too. to be that guy. But Zacchaeus, he's shown up in the offense occasionally, but is, is this something that's repeatable? He only had three targets. Am I starting I don't Zacchaeus next week? No, no, I don't think so at all. <laughs> Am I starting Elijah Moore next week? He, like I mentioned, has had two good weeks in a row. The Jets this week are facing the Bills. So a little bit of a step up in defense there. But Elijah Moore obviously works out of the slot. So Tredavious White, obviously more of an outside cornerback. So he doesn't necessarily have to get that Tredavious White shadow coverage. Where do you think he ranks? I would say as a wide receiver too, for a matchup purpose, he doesn't get much from his quarterback. He's popped off from his backups. So if his backups keep starting, then I would just, I, I would keep him as a wide receiver too, because, and start him because I mean, he's getting the most targets from them. And, Jamison Crowder did play. They, I thought he did play this weekend or this past weekend. I'm pretty uh, sure he was ruled out before the Thursday night game because obviously it was a short week and he was still dealing with his injury. Yeah, because he got me a few points. Uh, I thought he had a did couple he, catches. Maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe I'm thinking it. Corey Davis was ruled out. It was Corey Davis. That was my fault. Out, yeah. Okay. So yes, Corey Davis was ruled out. So basically Elijah Moore's used the opportunity, whether it be Crowder or Davis being ruled out to supplement yeah. their losses in the offense. Yeah, I mean, if Zach Wilson, this Zach Wilson, that's what I was trying to think of. My brain just had a complete shutdown there. Zach Wilson does start, then obviously I'm a guy who goes with Corey Davis or even Jamison Crowder because it doesn't seem like he likes his rookie wide receiver right now. But 
if any of the backups start, then I would have to go with Elijah Moore because it seems like they target him more than they do the other two. Is he, at least when Elijah Moore is playing Jamison Crowder, because I thought I have Jamison Crowder in my dynasty league. He's one of the receivers I have to throw in the flex spot because I have no other choice, but he usually does quite well. Well, here he only got like average like 8.9 points or something in that game compared to Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, sorry, Moore, who just absolutely popped off. For me, it depends on who's starting at quarterback at this point. Tim Patrick's an interesting one because even with Jerry Judy coming back, he still gets his four to five targets. And it only helps that usually one of those targets is in the red zone and he scores. So I feel as though he's no better than a wide receiver three. And yet I'm addicted to him in the sense that I can't take him out of my lineup because there's always the possibility that he falls into the end zone. Tim Patrick, what do you do with him? I mean, he goes against the Eagles this week. You start him? I can't take him out of my lineup because even with four or five targets, one of those is usually in the end zone. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, it's so difficult to gauge this because, you know, one of those targets will fall in the end zone. And I'm afraid that if you take him out, he's going to fall in the end zone. And I feel like he's going to have one of those games where it's like, oh, I'm going to take him out because I just, Jerry Judy's back and I just don't trust Tim Patrick right now. And then next thing you know, he has two touchdowns or something and, you know, ends up in the top 12. And we're just like, well, Tim Patrick should have started, but here we are you know in your at least in your predicament here because I don't have that kind of problem right now but case I would start him because just that case if he does fall in the end zone because like you said he gets those four to five targets and one usually in the red zone and he falls in the end zone when he gets that target so it'd be tough to because I'm afraid that if you especially for you I'll, I'll be scared for you if you took him out and he just ends up going for a big game <laughs> well he never really has the big game that's the interesting thing he yeah doesn't have huge games but They're good enough. I mean, the fact that he's a wide receiver six this week or wide receiver six, I think is more of an indictment on how bad the wide receiver position was in fantasy football in week nine. Because even on his best weeks where he does this about 85 yards and a touchdown, he's usually around more that 12 to 24 spot. But everyone boosted him up because no one did shit this week, basically. You know, one name that I find interesting on here that I should talk about. So obviously, Henry Rugg situation is a gross situation and it's tough to talk about it from a strategic standpoint of fantasy football. But that's what we're, we have to do. You know, we want to give people good advice here. Yeah. Hunter Renfro finishes wide receiver 14 on the week. Now, Hunter Renfro was already a pretty solid fantasy play but with Henry Rugg no longer part of this offense it seems like it's pretty much Renfro and Darren Waller with a little bit of Brian Edwards sprinkled in what do you think of Renfro as a wide receiver two for the remainder of the season I like that a lot I mean he's a very good player and I like you said it's basically him and Waller at this point for pass catching with a tiny hint of Brian Edwards. If the ball's not going to Darren Waller, it's most likely going to Hunter Renfro. So, and vice versa, if it's not going to Renfro, it's more likely going to Darren Waller. So I I like Renfro as a wide receiver too. And I told a bunch of people this past week before the game even started, I was like, hey, make sure you pick up Hunter Renfro because he's going to be a hot commodity coming out of this week. Exactly. Nine targets. I mean, nine targets is nothing to scoff at. That's on any given week is going to be 
a solid enough floor, a solid enough baseline that you are going to be very happy with in your lineup. Let's talk about the Seattle wide receiver situation. So I mentioned Russell Wilson earlier, and you mentioned you might have more round quarterback 17 this week against the Packers. But DK Metcalf, you know, he's been consistently a wide receiver one on the year. Tyler Lockett has struggled in Russell Wilson's absence sans a game in which he had 12 targets. Do both of those guys immediately jump back into wide receiver ones this week against the Packers? Or are you going to have them in the wide receiver two range like you mentioned? So I would keep Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver two only for the fact that We've talked about this before where Tyler Lockett has a good first few weeks of the season where he goes for like 35 points for the first like three to four weeks. And then he just goes on that on this little decline. So I would keep more or less Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver, too, because of that kind of consistency that he has with the decline. I would put DK as the number one or as a wide receiver one. Just for the fact that DK Metcalf, again, at this point when Tyler Lockett goes down, he raises up. So he's just too good. Yeah, and yeah. he's just too good. So it's basically DK a wide receiver one and Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver two. Okay, so before we move on here, I should just mention who's on bye week. So no Darnell Mooney, no Allen Robinson if you're still playing that game. Uh, no Jamar Chase, no T. Higgins, no Tyler Boyd. You have no Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, or Sterling Shepard. You will not see Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks is the only thing I can say nice about yeah Houston Texans <laughs> offense Brandon Cooks man I, I kind of find it disappointing in a way that he needs to get traded again because I want him to find his forever home but at this point he does need to get traded from Houston because what are they doing even next year there's not a good quarterback coming out of the draft unless they could get a good quarterback in free agency or trades I don't see anyone really available that they could really sway. Yeah, poor Brandon Cooks. I feel for you, yeah. man. Hopefully you just end up in a good situation this year. I think he's one of the most underrated wide receivers in football. He, No matter who his quarterback is, no matter what team, he always has 1,000 yards, close to 100 catches, one of the premier speedsters in the game. I don't get the Brandon Cooks hate, but you go, Cooks. There we go. <laughs> you, go you go, Cooks. Cook it up. <laughs> All right, let me just give a brief rundown of the top 12 tight ends on the year so you can kind of get a perspective on this list. A dart throw position at its best, but your tight end one, of course, is Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey isn't even having that good of a year, I should say. But it's good enough for the position. 54 receptions, 628 yards, five touchdowns. I think the big difference is he's not landing in the end zone enough. That's probably hurt Kelsey the most. Uh, Mark Andrews is your tight end two. Gasicki tight end three. TJ Hawkinson four. Darren Waller at five. Should be noted Darren Waller missed the game and had a bye week. But again, that just shows you how bad tight end is because he can miss two games and still be top five. Dalton Schultz (laughs) is your tight end six. Kyle Pitts at seven. Hunter Henry at eight. CJ Uzama at nine. Dawson Knox at 10. He's also been hurt with a broken hand. Noah Fant at 11. And Dallas Goddard at 12. Obviously, I mentioned his name, George Kittle. He's currently tied in 21 on the year. Do I see potential for George Kittle to reinsert himself in the top 12? the remainder of the season. Well, this week he did have a good week. He was your tight end too. He had six receptions, 101 yards, and he did get in the end zone, which is a rarity actually for George Kittle. He doesn't have that many touchdowns in his career. I think he still has less than 10 touchdowns in his entire NFL career. But I I think there's still an opportunity for him to finish in the top 12. What would you say your confidence meter is in that? Because obviously we only have eight games remaining. Most of those are, you know, taken up by the fantasy football playoffs. He has to jump nine spots. 
What do you think? Least confident one, most confident five. I'd probably give it almost a four, honestly. I'm pretty confident in him because it's George Kittle. I mean, he's a very, very good tight end. And this year hasn't been a great year for tight ends. So I think he could easily just make that jump. I'll throw another name out to you. What about Gronk at tight end 20? So Gronk obviously has missed a good amount of games this season as well. What's your confidence meter one to five on Gronk jumping back into that top 12? I'd probably be more middle of the road, like a two and a half almost three just for the fact that injuries have been obviously keeping him out plaguing him and who knows how long he gets staying out and stuff like that so I heard he's got a good chance of coming back this week maybe but again it, there's just you know issues I mean they, they and they have a lot of targets to go around to in Tampa Bay I mean you still have Chris Godwin Mike Evans Antonio Brown you know Leonard Fournette's been getting a lot of targets and as a running back so or there's a lot of people and only one football so it, it it can't all go to one place and it's not all going to go to Gronk. Now Gronk has found the end zone quite a bit. And I think that's helped him. And it's probably going to help him if he does make it into the top 12, but other than that, you're not going to see him go off for 10 catches, like a George kill, like 10 catches for 107 yards. And, you know, I would try and buy low on him. I, I think the injuries would definitely have an effect on that where you can try and get him for low. Yeah, because if he lands in the end zone like four or five more times throughout the season, that might be good enough to win you some weeks. Exactly. Okay, this one I just want to bend on because it really pissed me off. Uh, this was a practically elimination game for me. Pat Fryer move. I just needed you to score less than four points, my guy. And you have to be the tight end one on the week with 18.8 points, five receptions, 43 yards, and two touchdowns. You have to be that guy. I don't normally hate on the Steelers. I leave that to Drew here. But what the hell, guys? I believed in you. I believed in you, Chicago Bears defense. You were the 31st ranked defense for fantasy football tight ends. I believe that you could stop Pat Fryer move. The rookie Pat Fryer move. But no, you just have to crush a young man's dreams. And for that, unbelievable. I cannot forgive you. I am devastated by that loss. Four more weeks, I practically have to go on a four-game winning streak to get into the playoffs in that league. It's a very top-heavy one. It's one of those where pretty much everyone's like 6-2, and 7-2, and 7-1, whatever. So that's yeah. been one of those tough leagues for me. Should note, five-game winning streak in the Caster League. Feeling myself. Feeling good here. Got a good rhythm going. Uh, we face Warzone this week. So Joe Morley, if you're listening to this, I doubt you are. But if you're listening to this, we're coming for you. All right, let's talk about some streamer defenses potentially. I would say the Colts against the Jaguars it has to be at the top of most lists. Yeah. I know you're going to hate to say it, but if the Patriots are out there, I like them against the Browns. I think that Bill Belichick can really do some things that mess with Baker, and I think there's some opportunity there. The Steelers against the Lions. I doubt the Steelers are available. That's certainly an option. If the Panthers are available, I mean, if I know the Niners couldn't stop Colt McCoy, but I would say there's at least an opportunity for the backup quarterback to regress in his second start if Kyler Murray's out another week. So like the Panthers, the Broncos against the Eagles, nah, I'm not too crazy about that one no the Packers against the Seahawks um well I mentioned Russell Wilson's back so don't love that either and then I would say the Titans have been playing better they've been playing well defensively Mm -hmm. we're still trying to figure out this Saints quarterback situation between Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon I think the Titans deserve some potential streamer appeal going against the Saints as they still try to figure that out But again, I would say the Colts are my number one. They're going against the Jaguars. So that's definitely a matchup that you have to try and exploit if possible. And then right behind that, I'm going to say Steelers against the Lions. That's definitely one of the higher priority ads. Okay, what kicker is going to be ranked number one this week? 
Drew, surprise me. We haven't talked kickers enough. We never talk kickers. Oh, man. This is a tough one. Let's see. Justin Tucker, obviously. I'm just Come on. Justin Tucker, that's so lame. Give me Harrison Bucker. Give me the buck kicker. The now, buck actually, kicker. I don't know. I don't even like the Chiefs offense this year. So, probably that's not what I'm saying. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think he's ranked as a uh, 17th ranked kicker in the NFL right now. Hold on. Let's actually just for exercise here see our top 12 kickers. Let's at least establish what that actually looks like. Well, this might surprise you. The number one ranked kicker on the year is New England kicker Nick Folk. Nick Folk. Mm-hmm. Matt Gay behind him makes sense. The Rams offense puts up enough points. Tyler Bass of Buffalo. Justin Tucker's down here at eight, my friend, and you have him as your number one. Come on, get with the times, Drew. You're living in 2012 through 2020. We're in 2021. <laughs> Justin Tucker's old news. He's old hat. He's like the young hoe. Move on. He's like, <laughs> although he did kick a 66-yard field goal in the longest field goal. You're probably one of those that tries to make a young ho into a housewife, but it turns out the young ho only finishes his kicker 18 on the year. That's a, oh, that's a drop off for him. You realize the people this year were actually drafting young way as not your last draft pick. Yeah. It was so funny. I was like, Oh my God, young way Like why are you drafting him so early? Why did people do that themselves? I mean, how Matt Prater, Arizona offense, he's kicker four. Gano five. I guess the Giants don't drive the ball enough, but they end up kicking a lot of field goals. Joseph at six. Some bad misses, but I mean, he scores a lot for Minnesota. Yeah. I like Daniel Carlson. He's an underrated kicker. Raiders, he's kicker seven. Randy Bullock's had a good year. Kicker nine. Brandon McManus is the 12. So thick Denver air or high atmosphere. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, we talked kickers. We did our duty as fantasy analysis to talk the kicker position. You ready for that IDP talk? We're talking individual defensive. No, I'm kidding. I, I mean, <laughs> I do. I do an IDP league. I don't know if you've ever participated. I, I've done one and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> Really? I like it. I, I think, you know, one of the things is, you know, we always talk about trying to replicate the real life game. I think well, having defensive players, it, it's something. I think I think what ruined it for me was it was a 16-man IDP league, and I think that's what kind of ruined it for me. See, simple strategy, if you just get a generic IDP spot, just go linebackers. They're the safest bets. You can get some safeties, yeah. they recover some value. I think what a lot of people do is they like draft the shutdown corner. And what they don't realize is those guys don't get points because you know what gets points? Tackles. You know what shutdown yeah. corners don't get a lot of? Tackles, Tackles. Because no one throws their way. Maybe they get an interception for you and it wins your week. But the funny part is they also stop throwing at the shutdown corner after a certain point, too. I would so, say. Yeah. Either way, that's just a tip if you're an individual defensive player. You heard it here Linebackers. first, folks. Who knows? Maybe if you like it. I, I'm more than happy to talk more about it. But all right, guys. Well, you know what to do. If you're listening to this on YouTube, leave us a like on this video. If you're listening to this on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Check out our partner, Caveman Coffee Co. Don't be a chump. Use promo code slump at cavemancoffeeco.com. IG Slump Buster Podcast. Twitter Slump Buster Pod. TikTok Slump Buster Pod. And stay safe, happy, and healthy. We'll see you on the next one.